Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Yeah, that sounds like a we'll great table start. over. <laughs> That's a fantastic idea. Not <laughs> that shit will affect your heart. Don't do that. Chaotic, stupid. Yeah, don't take it one. if you don't eat it. I know. Yes, I know. Barry has Every a time fun I Viagra have a story. My heart's affected. <laughs> <laughs> Sniff. Mm. Sniff. And then why the way around? I guess. Sure. Mm. Mm. Oh, okay. I wonder if that's why I was having uh, palpitations the other night. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Uh, uh, COVID uh, broke broke me uh, so far as Pornhub goes. I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you need to find the weird stuff. Oh, boy. Careful. Yeah. There should be a website that's just the weird stuff. I bet you there is, and it's all like dark web shit. Ugh. Well, you, that's the thing. It, it You need a... Weird but safe. <laughs> yeah. Weird but legal. Oh God! Because uh, uh, it it can boy oh boy, boy. I'll tell one you one wrong click and you're like oh, shit. FBI, they're I'll, gonna be coming. Also, your computer gets destroyed. Well, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you a, a trend that I'm like, oh, who thinks this is sexy? Is all the you know pee and puke. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Are, are you just discovering I Tub like Girl? it. Are you just discovering Nobody's complaining tub? about Kirsten this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I have won by saying nothing. Hi, new listeners. <laughs> Send the kids out of the room. It is. It is strange. The thing I don't understand is, well, I kind of understand it, is the AI chatbots. The, the, the video chat bots. I was just legit looking for one for some work stuff. And the first, like, four things I, I come across on Google are all, like, the not-safe-for-work porn chat bots. Oh, you can chat with an anime character. <sighs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, for somebody, I guess. But, yeah. Lonely yeah. people. But, well, I mean. lots of lonely people in this world. Well, not just lonely, but just. And I guess if I find that bot, now there's one less lonely person and one less lonely bot. And In we're gonna world. be fine. Yeah. I don't worry about bots' loneliness. <laughs> wow, bots! You hear that? That's Barry talking about you. Yeah. I say that, but whenever I use, that's not gonna it. age well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Skynet. That was one Barry Rob just said. Uh... <laughs> I say that, but whenever I use AI, which is a lot, I always say thank you to it. Just in case. I'm yeah. <laughs> cover my You back. want a record. <laughs> You're that guy from Bob, the Mr. Show with Bob and David. Say, Thank you. The end of every little song you sing. <laughs> well, that, that, yeah. I appreciate it, Jeff. I'll say that to, uh, to like, uh, chat. I'll be like, hey, chat, can you tell me about blah, blah, blah? I'll actually, as opposed to tell me the 50 different ways you can, you know, Make a, a, ever since I found out that chat is French for cat, it has changed my uh, life with anything that having to do with the word chat in it. Uh, sure. Not to mention a, a posh uh, past uh, tense word for shit. 
<laughs> now we're getting the calls about you. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 723. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Vlarg. With Professor Biggs. And this is what happens when Deb's not around. <laughs> <laughs> Come back, Deb. <clears throat> it could be worse. You know, you, you get older and you discover stuff that you're like, how did I never know that? Well, here's an example. I was listening to music in the car. You can do that. You can listen to music yes, in the car. I know. It's, wow. It's yeah. weird. And How you know, did I not know that? You, you, you want to know what's even weirder? Oh, my what's God. That? It must it's be the streaming 50s. music. It's oh not God. even over the radio. That's not the 50s. But that's not even the point of this. <laughs> it rarely is with you, Jeff. So what's the point? So that song, I Know What's Going On by Frida from the 80s comes on. I'm like, I know there's I'd, something going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'd completely forgotten about that song. Like, I've just, I, I didn't remember it. And I was song. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what really blew my fucking mind was like, I didn't realize that's the chick from ABBA. What? You, yeah. Jeff, I know. I, it, it, Jeff. it never made the connection. Who the fuck are you? It, wow. get, I need you to go out and find me a Jeff. Barry, are you it, as disappointed as I am? I don't it, even know what that song it is. It didn't connect in my brain because when you see the, the names of the people in ABBA, yeah. it's their full written out names but yeah. for whatever reason it never clicked with me when that they, that was the shortened version yeah, that she Abba used fucked off she went solo yeah yeah i just it just completely blew my fucking mind i was yeah, like I don't know wait a minute that, wait a minute the only swedish dance band i know is the gert johnnies no one remembers the gert johnnies or the ivan henry's really no well Dude, i remember go down a google rabbit hole no, but I, did, I did meet a man named johnny what gert? about roxette you know roxette i also remember D and d sessions yeah. that involved uh, the gert johnnies they're from sweden <laughs> we all need to get outfits like the gert johnnies do we now oh. describe the gert johnny oh friend let me tell you it's like Pink and yellow, like 70s vests. They look kind of like uh, you look at a hot, you work at a hot dog on a stick in the 70s. It's it's crazy. And so then far, our, I'm on board. And mullets and weird mustaches. And one guy's like crazy fat. The other guy's like, like he looks like a mouse. And it, it's just goofy. <laughs> How do you spell Gert Johnny? Yeah. G-E-R-T <laughs> oh, okay. space J-O-N-N-Y-S. I believe that's true. What, how, how do you spell Johnny's? No, J-O-N-N-Y-S. Y-S. J-O-N-Y-S. J-O-N-N-Y-S. Okay. Yeah, see? See? Wow. There it is. That is one rainbow-colored Do yourselves a favor and look up Swedish dance band album covers, and they got the greatest, stupidest names. Oh, it's 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 fun. The, uh... The wow. uh, okay, the ones that are the, more disturbing are the album covers where they're all wearing the same fucking. That's outfit. often what they're. What yeah. they do. Well, they're a the, group, Jeff. The blue suits are not are not that bad. <laughs> that's the one I was talking about. That's really disturbing. The blue suit what? audio audio show guys and, and oh, the plaid and green and, and the Gert, and the Gert Johnnies is the band that Frida joined after she left album. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so. Before we get into business, uh -huh. our, our true business, our geeky business, uh, we got sent some physical mail. Physical mail. Physical, physical mail. mail. Uh, Kirsten, physical I'll turn this mail. over to you. What, uh -oh. what is this? Uh-oh. This is um, our annual delivery from the uh, Harris House. Household. Oh, boy. Um, the uh, Say that three times fast. Yeah, really. The, um, uh, the, the Harris Battle Buddy group oh has recently become a fire team because there's now four of them <laughs> right fire team harris jerry jeffy roth and penguin jess have had uh 
have had uh, a baby, another baby. Of the Clan Harris. And of course, Penguin Jess is known for her cookie making. Oh, oh my God. If you haven't seen Penguin Jess's cookies, my God. So yes. We got cookies. Uh, well, you're not allowed to have any. We, we got cookies. Yeah. Kirsten got a lump of coal. Kirsten got bupkis. So we got, let's see. Oh, oh, here's my cookies. Okay, you can have this one. And it is a gingerbread cookie that has been completely okay. smashed. I, I have to take a picture of this and put it up on the layer. But each cookie says, nope, no way, Kay. Sorry, no cookie for Kay. I mean, they Why? literally wrote on every one of them. Nope again. Why, Kay? Not for Kay. Because... Uh, I sent Jess. Not for K. Paul's off K. <laughs> Every cookie has a, us written on there. A uh, elf on a shelf, which oh. she apparently really, really dislikes. <laughs> and of course, you know me, guys. When I find out somebody really dislikes something, I just he gotta, pokes the bear. Yeah, yeah. You know, he sends them. Get him the hair ties or the full. lactate. Well, or, these are know, very pretty, shiny. Didn't. I assume gingerbread. I assume gingerbread, yes. They look fantastic. Too bad you can't have any, Kay. Someone really likes their food saver plastic sealer. Yeah. No, she really does it up. These are well-sealed cookies, just by the way. Oh, God, Steve. Pause off, Kay. Apparently, Jeff took pity on me and sent me. Oh, no, dude. Fucking hell. This is... What the hell is... Okay. What is it? it looks what like is fireball. it? Again, audio show. I know. I have to unwrap it. Whoa. It's whiskey. Let Litchfield me... Distillery Cinnamon Bourbon. Bourbon whiskey with natural cinnamon flavors. Oh, so it's not fireball. It may be an elevated fireball. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, it's got yeah. labeled it's, by the it's bottle. It's got a handwritten batch. number on it and shit. Proof. Our award-winning batcher straight bourbon is infused with Indonesian cinnamon <gasps> to create a smooth spirit that's perfectly balanced between sweet and spicy. Oh. We gift a cinnamon stick to each bottle to invite further flavor cinnamon development stick as the bottle, bottle rests. Oh. Ooh, made from corn, I, rye, and... Mrs. Bread. Harris. And it says I, Litchfield, Litchfield, Connecticut. Connecticut. I, I would like to have the floor. Uh, Mrs. Oh. Harris, first of all, Thank you for these cookies. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. However, I did not send you an elf on the shelf. Why are you fucking punishing me? <laughs> <laughs> this this, oh, this no. bottle. That bottle was sent by Jeff. Oh, Mr. Harris. Fuck you, Harris. Not kidding. I love you, Mr. Harris. <laughs> it's actually numbered and batched, too. Yeah, that's, no, that's... Uh, I think nice. uh, we have another what's going in my mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I think this is the uh, the palate cleanser for after yeah. whatever Todd has... Oh, guys... these cookies smell delicious. Of course they do. They're Jess's cookies. Yeah. So... That's amazing. That's a very generous gift. Um, however, I, I feel like I'm the parent who, <laughs> during Christmas, the relative, the the cousin came in, gave the kids the toys that make the noise, and left. That's what I feel like right now. Yep. Oh, okay. oh hey, I gotta take a picture of these while you guys are before yeah. before we tear into them all. I already, I'm, I'm already into mine. Yeah, no, missing an arm. Um, Jeff, Jess, thank you so much. This is so thank kind you guys, of you. And thank you guys for over the years. I mean, Christmas is a fun time. Uh, and then again, uh, also, you know, we've established other traditions like leaving milk and cookies out for Captain America on yes. July 4th. So, you know, uh, very holiday happy. And congratulations on your... Uh, 
the latest member of the fire team. Yay. I was actually like, so, Jeff, you're shooting for a squad? And he's like, yeah, no. I, I will be happy with a four-man fire team. Thank you. Although it's ironic because he's the only man on the fire team. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So, uh, do you guys want to... Do you guys uh want to oh yeah break open the uh i'll go i'll go yeah why don't you go get some cups or whatever <laughs> oh boy wow oh, oh boy said, no it steve it's not like we're going to get sloppy we don't do that anymore because we got our last we got our final warning yeah we God sure damn right you did. <laughs> i, I I, I poop out of two holes. <laughs> Wait, wh- what? You tore me a new hole. hole. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, I needed that one. Boy, <laughs> boy, Kirsten. <laughs> right, yeah, over that, head. That, right over the head. Yeah, You're that, supposed to be tall. What the hell? I'm not tall enough for that one. Wow. Okay, I'll go get yeah, the right. uh, shot glasses. Now, we all know why Deb isn't here this week. You're working. It's because I've been bringing Lester Fixin's sodas <laughs> to every episode, and she I told her that there were four of them, and so she knows how many episodes to miss to not have to deal with it. She was thoroughly grossed out by that mustard shit. You know what? We were grossed out by the mustard <laughs> shit, mostly because it didn't taste like mustard. No, uh, it tasted awful. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, so, however, you're here, Barry. Oh, so, a little, what's going in my mouth? Oh, though? yeah. What's going in my mouth brought to us by my wife. She brought us stroop waffles. That's not bad. Because I'm not going to do this until everyone's here. So, uh-huh. this is just a snack for the group. Oh. <laughs> we have these in our pantry. Stoop, of course, they, but these are chocolate. Are chocolate stoop, stoop waffles? <laughs> they are not stoop waffles, <laughs> although they can be, I guess, if you so desire. Ten uh, soft toasted chocolate waffles it's, filled it's with thou, caramel, cinnamon, and real bourbon vanilla. It's thou who has taken the Viagra, so they can be whatever you need them to be. <laughs> Warm it up on your cup. You can put it right on top of your cup of tea or coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a process to this whole thing, of course. And I had to wait for Kirsten to get back because, no, this is what's going to my mouth. I have what's going to my mouth. (laughs) I was hopeful for a second. I brought, uh, Kate, we're going to need a bottle opener as well. I brought Lester Fixin's Black Olive Soda. Oh, no. So I'm glad Kate brought all the glasses. It's a good thing that... The Harris's gave us cinnamon whiskey because you're going to need it. Oh my In fact, God. Uh, I think you guys should try it the mix. I don't think so. It'll, You know what it'll no. probably be? It'll probably taste just like Stephen Barry's cinnamon shit mix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, you know that cinnamon stick is still sitting in that bottle. Mm. It's, I'm sure it's got a lot of cinnamon punch right now. Oh, I bet it does. It's so, yes, infused. Lester Fixin's Black Olive Soda, if you will, yeah, maybe I'll, give a little pour there. Should we? I'll, I'll pour just. No, don't pour that in there. I'll pour it, the. It even looks black gross. Olive soda in a little it, bit. Oh, of, it, it is a deep black color. Okay, so people make fun of my uh, swamp water uh, stuff for the, good reason. Yeah, yeah, this looks worse. <laughs> yeah. It probably will be. Oh well, you know what. Lester Fixins has he ever steered us wrong? Every single time. Oh, yeah. No, I will say the uh, the grass soda was all right. Sewer water carbonated. Yeah, that's I I, I don't is, I don't agree that it was all right, but it was certainly the least offensive of all the Lester Fixins we've done. So uh, grab a cup, if you will. I'm going to have a nice 
smell. The smell is like Play-Doh. Yeah, Play-Doh. Oh, yeah. It, it does. It weirdly smells like Play-Doh. Isn't that kind of universal, getting to be universal <laughs> yeah. for Lester Fix? Yeah, I think that's their base. <laughs> Play-Doh. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and uh, indulge, shall we? I'm going to shoot it. Okay, salty, salty sweet soda. Yeah, salty sweet soda. It's not terrible. Oh. It's not, it, it doesn't warrant the face that Biggs is making. Oh. He, he, he looks like he just swallowed magma. <laughs> magma. Magma. Oh. Wow. I can't even describe this face, this sour face, this 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 cringe, this suffering right now. It's not. I hate olives. But this doesn't, I, it taste doesn't like even olives. taste no, like olives. No, but it, it's the mental image. Is that what it is? It might be the mental image. It might be. Ugh. I'm starting to think that this is does what it, Lester does fixes. Does it taste like that weird red thing that was on your plate in Utah? No, no. That had a very sharp, distinct thing. This is. It's got, it's got whatever Use your base words. taste. I'm about to until I get interrupted. <laughs> it's got whatever base taste olives have, but yeah, it's also like treacly sweet. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good description. Treacly. Yeah, yeah, there it is. It's it's a sweet soda, which is why Very I probably sweet. don't mind it as much as the mustard. So it's not as offensive as the mustard. Right. Yeah. Soda. No. But if you don't like olives, there is oh. just a. A yeah. touch of that flavor. I like right. olives. I don't like the. I hate dirty martinis. I hate when people say make it as dirty as possible because that's gross. Yeah. But that's because you don't make it like I do. No, olives are gross. <laughs> olives. Are I will fun. say, and I say this as somebody who took one for the team. Every time we did uh, Murder at Cafe Noir in, in our mystery dinner theater, because I played a character who drank martinis that had olives in them, and so by the end of the show. That martini was just nothing but olive, very watered-down olive juice. But were, they, but were they blue cheese stuffed olives? No. Because those are the oh, best. Gross. Those oh. are the best. Thank you, Jeff. They absolutely are. No. I, now, as someone who loves black olives, that's yes. me, uh, no, this is, tastes nothing like olives. I have it, a sneaking suspicion I now understand how Lester Fixins does their shit. How's that? They don't start with an idea. They mix a bunch of stuff together and said, okay, what does this kind of taste like? Yeah. And, right. they, and everyone just says a whole bunch of like 40 things. And then they're like, uh, probably the closest you, anyone says probably black olive. We'll go with that. That's yeah. what I think is happening with this you're, company. You're probably not far off. Yeah. Because they, when they started out, they were kind of nailing those flavors. And that's why they were so horrendous. Oh, God. That ranch was horrible. But with, It tasted like ranch dressing. But with mustard, with this black olive, I, I think they are reaching really, really yeah. hard. Does it, anyone actually buy this with the intention of drink? Like, oh, no. let's stock our fridge with black olive soda. No. Well, well, you know what? Somebody. One person out there, maybe. Yeah. Somebody has uh, the the weird palate that thinks this is oh this is perfect. It doesn't taste like olives, but it tastes wonderful. I don't like that person. Well, no. <laughs> I'm yet to meet that person, but I bet they're out there. Yeah. Otherwise, I think this is. I, I, otherwise, I think this is exactly what we do with it. It's like oh look what I found at the a Alien Fresh Jerky place. Let's all have a bottle. Oh, it's probably big <laughs> with you know with uh, fraternity houses. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pledge week. And I think we now need to mix that with cinnamon whiskey no. in the same cup. No. Oh no. Well, Barry, you're lucky because I broke out my Ferengi shot glass just for you. Oh, how nice! I didn't put any in that Ferengi shot glass because I, I didn't want to taint it. <laughs> 
I have that very shot Although, glass. Although, I am really enjoying this cookie. Thank you, it, Paris family. They are. Ooh. Yeah. What's, what's the nose? Amusing bouquet. Ooh, it was sealed with wax and everything. Yeah, no. Oh, this, uh... Not too busy or precocious? No. <laughs> In the scent of it, it seems to be that this whiskey is going to be not as sweet as your average fireball. Well, they put a lot... Well, especially the, the short bottles that are the... The, yeah, malt, the malt liquor, liquor they put I, seriously there's a lot of sugar oh, in sure. that one mm-hmm. uh, there's less in the regular whiskey version of fireball but it still has a lot of sugar in it so i have a feeling they probably just infused um well, well we this also, one we also do somebody did also give us uh, uh leon mitt actually gave kirsten a uh, tennessee fire uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah. That's so we could do a taste test. We actually need to get a little bit of Fireball so we can do a uh, shit mix Fireball Pro- proper comparison fire, uh, mm. blind taste test. And ah. uh, yeah, there it is there the, the Pepsi challenge of our time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Real bourbon from Litchfield Distillery. Except, uh, except Biggs would be completely smashed by the second shot. Oh. I don't know. It tastes just like the first one. <laughs> Salud, Nastrovia. Now that's a proper cinnamon whiskey. Mm. That's, oh, that's yeah. yummy. That's very good. Just yeah, just a nice subtle hint yeah. of the cinnamon. It doesn't smack you in the face. It's very whiskey forward. Yes, the cinnamon is very apparent, but not over the top, and very little, if no sugar. You know what this tastes a lot like? Um, one of the bars I worked at, we had one of those little infuser barrels that you just you put your whatever in, and mm-hmm. then you let it. Uh, or, uh, uh, you age the oak barrels. You just age your whiskey a little bit longer. That's honestly what it tastes like. Like it, we, like it got aged just a little bit longer and mellowed it. And well, what's this, this called again? Litchfield Distillery. <laughs> it's made from corn, rye, and barley. And to be a bourbon, is it a bur- is it say bourbon? It says bourbon. Okay, cinnamon then it, bourbon. Then it's at least twenty one percent corn. No, yeah. it's at least fifty percent corn. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Fifty one percent corn. <clears throat> Spirit of Sour hard mesh. work. So uh, yeah, it's batch. Uh, I don't know how these numbers work. It looks like batch twenty nine, bottle three thirty three thousand twenty. I don't know. It's so weird to me that you can make bourbon anywhere now, oh, yeah. as opposed to it. When when I started bartending, it had to be made in Bourbon County, Kentucky. What? It just has to be yeah. American. Well, now. yeah, yeah, but not, now not it just anywhere, has to be not any, anywhere American. Yeah, as opposed. Well, it you know as well, and it has to be sour mash corn, but American. Same, yeah, mm-hmm. distilled from corn, rye, and barley. Ooh, yeah. Now, does scotch have to be made in Scotland? Oh, very much. Yes. Okay. Yes, They yeah. still have the screws tightened on that one. Made from <laughs> well, and, barley. And it's also, the, the isn't the way they spell whiskey significant? Yes. Whiskey E-Y is... Yeah. Is not scotch. Well, not scotch. and then there's... And, and in Scotland, it can only be made in the five uh, locales. Right, right. E-Y that. is uh, Irish and American. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then just the Y. Everywhere else. Oh, everywhere else? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Don't bother with Indian whiskey. It's fucking terrible. Uh, yeah. Ah. Give me that. Give me that look. It's fucking terrible. From India? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just checking. Dot, not feather. Okay. Thank you. Oh, oh God. 
What? It's a thing. Yeah, hey, you, you totally my... saved us there, Barry. <laughs> uh, yeah, my uh, let's my talk friend... about gollywoggles. <laughs> hey, let's go ahead and talk about what geeky things we did. Please. No, it's a thing. Didn't your it, friend? Yes, Amit? my friend Amit was the one that introduced me to that statement. Where do you think I fucking got that from? Yeah. I know, dude, but you also know that the whole the, the your friend is not your shield stuff too so what your friend does not your it, shield. it doesn't matter how many friends you have of the group who will defend you oh man up nancy you knew what i was talking about jeez oh, <laughs> all right you know what i'm gonna use that in the next internet argument because no doubt it will work what man up nancy yeah okay go ahead <laughs> <laughs> so vlarg you've been away for a while what geeky things you do besides crash the show uh, <laughs> I understand that's all I've been doing for the last few 10-ish years it's just crashing the show I just show up and they just put mic in front of me um let's see I didn't I wasn't here a couple weeks ago because we went to Disney no normally you'd think that Jeff would be saying this but no yep. I Deb and I went to Disney well there's a first and second in this right there's <laughs> yeah. Jeff is going to go the most but the second most is going to be Deb and oh Barry. yeah yeah uh Deb ran the 10k uh the, the race around goes through Disney and up and down the harbor, Catella. What what is that face for? What did, did you run the 10K? No, I. <laughs> I somehow I if suffered too, and here's how. If you mean by run the 10K, you mean run his mouth and drink 10,000 shots of whiskey. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Down. I don't shoot. That's for kids. Um, <laughs> so she has to get up at oh dark thirty to get out there to run this thing. And she calls me from the starting line. All right, I'm going to start in 10 minutes. Mind you, it's like 5 in the fucking morning. So I got to drag my ass out of bed, walk up harbor next to Disneyland in the fucking darkness, starving, <laughs> freezing, mind you, to wait out there for her. And I'm waiting right at the finish line, and you've got the Disney announcers announcing everyone coming in. Oh, my God. I want to... Put a gun in my mouth. Okay, coming up next is number forty-three. That, oh, that right there. That what he said. Except up to eleven. It's terrible. Okay. Well, it is Got Disney. <laughs> yeah. So okay. it was like the the voice for Goofy. Yeah. Or... Oh, okay, folks. Here comes, okay. Here comes number sixty-three right now. With the worst music. You know. Here comes Dab number six hundred sixty-six. Yeah. Pretty much. And so she crossed the finish line. She's freezing her ass off. And, and then I realized, oh, God, I'm never going to get back to sleep. This is why am I suffering, too? Yes, you are. I deserve so metal. punished. <sighs> <laughs> Slept in. I just Zero K. <laughs> I, uh, guys, uh, next birthday, we got to get Barry that shirt. <laughs> that medal? I want a medal. No, I want Zero K. I slept I, in. I deserve that um, medal, too. Just the generic... <laughs> I deserve a medal to just wear it the next yes. 10K she yeah, does. Where, oh, yeah. I wherever love it. you go. <laughs> and then to the Oscars. What do we do? To the I, bar. Oh, speaking of bars, oh, I yeah. did take the time to go to a really awesome bar. You guys dig it the most. Uh, Strongwater in Anaheim. Strongwater. Yeah, What's so good about Strongwater? 2018. It's a tiki place. Uh, Technically, it's an underwater place. You go in, and it looks like the boat is capsized. Oh, I like it. And, Ooh. oh, God, the drinks are amazing. The food is fucking ginormous. And, of course, as one does, you you 
make an appointment well in advance because otherwise you're never going to get a reservation to get in. And so we you reserve this actual seats you're going to sit at. So we sat in the captain's room in the bar at the bar so we could talk to the bartender and he's just giving us little samples of things i'm talking about rum with him and whatnot it's just a great time super tiki good stuff a little pricey but worth it so check out strong water in anaheim don't just show up make an appointment you know make a reservation you have to make an appointment at strong water a reservation okay strong water yeah now every time we go somewhere there's an interesting tiki bar we're definitely going to check that out I like how ubiquitous it is now. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's all over, man. So uh, so any uh, highlights or, well, you're giving us the lowlights, I guess. Highlights of your Disneyland? <laughs> <laughs> Deb's highlight, your lowlight, whatever. Your kitty kitty Well, a couple kitty. of things. One, uh, I got I got the 16th lightsaber from my wall. I got Kanan Jarrus. Aha! You know. And then this is great. Our friend James had a birthday, so we went out and we had uh, a dinner with him. And, you know, we got him a gift, and da 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 and we're talking, and he's tr- he's trying to pare down the stuff he has in his garage. And he had this old box, this ratty old box that's been rained on. He's like, here, dude, do you want this? Just take this. Dude, it's like a $200 model, uh, the Sophie's Revenge. It's a, sh- it's a fucking ship for D&D. Like a like a sailing like, ship. Oh, okay. You know? I, mean, I gotta put it together and paint it and stuff. I think but I've heard that. Yeah, heard it's that. better than the Falling Star. It's which is another one that's put up by like WizKids or D D I don't know. But it's bigger and better. And it's mm. just now it's in my garage and I gotta put it together. Phenomenal. Yeah. Right like, there with he, your forty K army. You you seem to have skipped over your, your nightmare fuel at uh, Disneyland. My nightmare fuel? <laughs> yeah, getting stuck on pirates. Oh, oh yeah, there is that. <laughs> so uh, we're in Pirates of the Caribbean. We're like, oh, you know what? We got. We we want to go. We want to go eat. So we're gonna go one one last. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank Famous you, last words. <laughs> one last ride. It's quick. It's a ten minute wait. Good. And then of course we get through, and there's a part of the ride where there's a drunk pirate, and he's like. Hey, kitty, 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 and a dog barking in the back, and people, <laughs> and we're stuck there for like a half an hour. <laughs> and now I, I can't. Now, do they shut the music off, and that's still the audio in the background, or is oh, it no. all together? No, it's all together. Okay. It could have been worse. We could have been stuck just a little bit farther down when they were singing the song. Yo ho, yo ho, the pirate life for me. That song. I am the daughter of I think these are the exact lyrics. Those are I'm spot on. I would have jumped overboard. <laughs> I don't care. I would have liked to have recorded that. Barry jumping overboard. I like getting stuck on then, dark rides. That's the, kind of the fun, this most fun part. You sit there and just, because normally you're just cruising by everything. You don't get a good yeah. view. And then yeah. if you're stuck there, you can just really just take it yeah. all in and see how all the mechanics are working. I saw all you of can, it in five minutes. Of you, you, can, can, you can get out and take pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I got stuck uh, when I was a kid. We, uh, we stopped on... Uh, in the haunted mansion, Ooh, and boy, perfect. Did I love that. That was, I think, it was like the graveyard. Yeah. Oh, that's the best place oh, to get stuck. Dude, yeah, didn't so when cool. the song going, yeah. Barry? When we were in Florida, didn't we get stuck on the haunted mansion like five times? <laughs> we did get stuck a little bit, but it one, wasn't like in, that. In, in like one trip. <laughs> Or did you guys like no like it literally at first we thought they were just stopping because uh, when they're loading ADA yeah uh, they they it it stops for a couple of a couple seconds longer than normal right but when we were in Florida for Barry's birthday we're on the haunted mansion there at 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 Disney World 
it stopped at least five times, and it was not like a short stop. I'm talking like 10 minutes each time. Woof. So they really yeah. wanted us to join them. Yeah, so yeah. Well, then you do get we, out. We were really in that thing for that over an hour. That discourages them from stopping when you get out. So once upon a time, uh, my oh, friend, I love fairy tales. My friend Janine, who was her first job after high school, uh, was working the Pirates of the Caribbean, and I think it probably yeah probably was her first night was a grad school night. Oh, uh, not oh. grad school. Um, uh, uh, high school grad, graduate, grad night, grad yeah. Night, yeah. Grad night. And towards the end of the night, <laughs> the manager brought her up to the booth that you see as you're, you know, if you go to Disneyland, there's a big control booth that, you know, they, and he brought her up and he goes, okay, watch this. This couple comes in. There's nobody else in Pirates of the Caribbean. This couple comes in. They put an empty boat in front of them, send it on its way. They put them in a boat, send it on its way. They put an empty boat behind them. Uh-oh. As soon as they went down that second uh, that second waterfall, they went at it. Because that ride is like 10, 15 minutes long. Oh, yeah. Yep. They went at it, and they said, and they, and they were all in the, in the booth just watching the cameras go by, and they said she was topless until they came up that last uh, thing, and the entire crew was out on the dock standing ovation applause. <laughs> I've heard a ton of stories like that from cast members. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, people don't realize they've got those infrared cameras oh, everywhere. Every square inch of yeah. every ride is covered. Yeah, oh, yeah, they just want to make sure that the people are safe when they get off the ride and take pictures. You know? Yeah, they're, they want to make sure they're safe, so they're like, did you use a condom? Yeah. So another thing uh, that I did, and really everyone can do right now, if you're listening, uh, Minecraft. Yes. Um, Decked Out 2 has been released to everyone who has a server, and we have a server, and thank you very much to Digs McSmigs for figuring out how to incorporate it without wiping the server. It's perfect. I'm terrible at it. It's fun. Uh, if you jump in right uh, now, you, you'll, you'll get all the shards you want to go and play, and it's going to be easy to beat my record. I'm like 2 and 12. And now, we've made quite a hay about Decked Out over time. I'm not sure we've ever described what the game is. How What happens when you play Decked Out? Oh, it's a deck-building, monster-avoiding, artifact-collecting game in Minecraft where you go in, you have a deck of cards that can affect the game, where you can collect more treasures or sneak around easier, and you go into this maze, which in Decked Out 2 is like four levels, and each level has like, each level has like separate like high up and down levels in it. And their own environment. And their own environments. And there's ravagers running around, these monsters who want to eat you, and you can't fight them. Because they'll just kick your ass. And you go around with a compass and you try to find an artifact of various points and drag it back out to get better cards in your deck to get more points to win the game. It's a lot of fun and it's hard as fuck. Um, it's been the most successful and most popular Minecraft mini game made by anyone ever on the Hermitcraft server. And we have it available on the Geek Shock server. Love it. And so that's I've been doing a lot of that. That and playing Hades because you mentioned it the other day, and now I'm back into that. <laughs> Thanks, ass. Good Thank game. You for it's that. a great game. It's an amazing game. You're welcome. When's Hades two coming out? Right. I know soon. Soon. That's right here. Although I believe it when I believe it. Yeah. Jeff, what'd you do this week? Well, Reacher season two finale 
was on Friday. Uh, don't tell me. I haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, very satisfied with the ending. And right after our, uh, the day after I watch, well, I usually watch it when I get home from work on Thursday nights. Um, but when I was reading the news on Friday afternoon, they already announced there will be a season three. So, okay. Yay. Uh, very happy to hear that. Um, Alan Richson is really doing a great job with that character. Now, the first, uh, I assume these are each based on indi the individual yeah. major books. Uh, I know that first one was based on the first novel. Yeah, this out one, of sequence, though. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> this, yeah, this season. The second one was for, based on Bad Luck and Trouble. Bad Luck and Trouble, yes. Okay. That's what I was just going to say. Um, they did announce which book it is, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, it was a very satisfying yeah. finale. I, 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 it, it veered a little bit from the book. I mean, there are certain characters in the season that were more important in the book, but kind of a less than side character in the in the in the in the show this season um it's amazing because those books they got a lot of stuff going on yeah to yeah. where like an eight or ten episode uh series can't cover it no it, Lee you really Child can't really cram some shit in there yeah i did it's very economical <clears throat> but uh like i said very satisfying uh ending and or finale rather and um uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next season. Robert Patrick is just the best <laughs> asshole villain. He plays he such a great villain now. Uh, Did you see the Terminator reference? <laughs> yes. Oh, that was my great. God. That that, oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was awesome. That was awesome. It, um, yeah, Patrick, I'm loving the fact that, uh, that he's out there and he's... Uh, I mean, he plays a good... Stuff. He plays a good, a decent good guy as well. Yeah. But between... This and uh, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah. Holy shit, oh he can God. play a bad guy like really and, well. And not only that, but Jesus Christ, Peacemaker, he was funny as fuck. Yeah. But dark as hell, oh, too. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, my God. That was such a dark character. What a, yeah. A and, total abusive yeah. asshole dad. And it's interesting seeing him paired up. It's like his, uh, what do you want to call it? Aura, persona, his mm -hmm. riz. Right, is such that... Really? <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, stay, man, it was on stay, fleek. Uh, yeah. Uh, you got to get with the times five years ago there, mister. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so fleek was. Don't, Riz is no cray, man. Yeah. But yeah, that's eight years ago. He is such that... Eight. You, you put him up against Schwarzenegger, Senna, right? And and Richson. And yeah. he he holds his own as like this this... A great antithesis yes. for those characters. Yeah, it's yeah. really, it's really, really neat. Really, oh, really neat. Barry hasn't seen the ending, so there's one other thing I want to say yeah. about that. Yeah, you don't want to say it. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it too. I also, uh, just a side note, jumped in on the whole. Oh God, this this Alan Richin as a Ugh. Batman thing. That's <laughs> Fuck off! Up. And I'm like, God, guys, stop with the steroidal <laughs> Batman. It's just like. You know, calm well. down. I mean, just can you imagine if Marvel did a did some kind of a Hyperion movie? Well, you, there's your motherfucking you liked, Hyperion. You yeah. liked Batman the animated series, though, right? Sure, because that's that's Richmond physique. Oh, I mean, dude, especially it, as Bruce Wayne when he's yeah, walking around. But, In fact, at the time that oh. that Bat uh, Superman uh, dressed up as Batman, that guy, <laughs> Richmond is being Tony. That guy. Yeah. I can see that. What? Who? 
as the Plutonian in uh, Irredeemable. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, and give him a nice juicy asshole roll, too. You know, Supreme. He can. <laughs> I'm going to let that one go. <laughs> no, he said, we're never going to no, no. speak I, of it again. No, no, he said give him a juicy asshole. I say we give him a juicy <laughs> asshole. I just said we're never going to speak of it again. <laughs> the man deserves it. The man deserves it. Wildcat in yeah. D.C., you know? Yep. The old, uh, the old Wildcat. Or my personal favorite vote. If he was to do a DC character, Magog. Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. In a Kingdom, Kingdom Come, Come uh, riff. Yep. Absolutely. I think he would be a hell of a Magog. I think that that would be... Remind rude. me who Hyperion is. Hyperion is the, the Superman equivalent in Marvel. Squadron Supreme. Squadron Supreme. Oh. Red-headed Superman, essentially. <clears throat> who is the... Go now, Coward, one, two, three... Yeah, never mind. You're right. So I was I was thinking of, I don't know why I was thinking of the DC one, uh, the, uh, the authority. Oh, oh Apollo. Yeah. Apollo. Yeah, he could be Apollo. I I don't know if he wants to. He have to do a wig. Bite into the. It's a it's a role. LGBT uh, aspect of it. It it'd be sure as shit. It got well, a actually, wig. He'd be better as Ooh, a, a wig. Midnighter. Yeah, and uh, you see, yeah, okay, I can see him as the midnight. Okay, sure. No, no, he's not. He's not. Ah, you know he's not him, gruff enough. Him I think. as Midnighter. No, that's and, the problem. Uh, I can't see him as Bruce Wayne. And uh, he's too Tom early. Welling as Apollo. <laughs> yeah, I kid. Go. I kid. Uh, I kid. Tom Welling, folks. I kid yeah. him. <laughs> oh, Jeff, you probably did. You see Echo? No, I haven't seen it yet. Dude, oh, we haven't, I was hoping we haven't you pulled did. That we haven't pulled the trigger yet. Oh, we watched all of it. We There's it. a lot of things I, I didn't I've get to this week. Oh. I, I've heard it's the kind of the surprise hit of the Marvel TV stuff. Very much. Yeah. Ooh. And I didn't even give a shit. I didn't know who Echo was, and I had to go down a little Wikipedia rabbit okay, hole to figure that one out. folks, if Barry is getting excited, that's something noteworthy. I don't know if you're going to agree or not, but you definitely have to stand up and take notice when Barry gets excited. I don't know. I get excited about some dumb shit too well that is yeah true. but you never do on this show <laughs> <laughs> yeah <clears throat> well the real thing i did this week though oh shit <clears throat> i went to the sphere experience here in las vegas do Ooh. tell do tell i've had multiple friends of mine asking me have you been to that no i have no, nothing to report so now uh this is the the sphere experience is a quote-unquote sci-fi film by Darren Aronofsky. Postcards from Earth, right? Yes, Postcards from Ooh. Earth. It is a film specifically done for the sphere. That's right. These tickets are not cheap. <laughs> They're like, I, I'm not kidding you, starting at $100 a person Ugh. with about another 30 or $40 worth of fees tacked on top of that. How, how long, long is the show? Yeah, how long is it's a little over an hour. And that's if you do all the experience stuff that comes into it, because it is the sphere experience. They have these robots that ha are AI driven that you can ask questions and they'll answer. And Ooh. and then they have a, a little one of those scanner things where you step in the booth and it uh, does a 3D rendering of you that you can email to yourself and put it in different environments and <gasps> Did stuff. Did you get naked in the I booth, Jeff? No, oh. it's <laughs> it's it's wide open to. It's it's open on all sides. Oh, so you so can everybody. get a scan of yourself, and can you print it out? That I don't he's know. He's done that before, but I have done that. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's, got, he's got a ten-inch Jeff. Mike. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have a scan of myself that I made into a figurine. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah. There you Sing. go. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> the movie itself—it's about an hour long. Uh, postcards from Earth. 
the best way I can describe this is everybody in this room has been to one of those old Omnimax films, yeah. right? Yeah. The domed screen where they project it. In the case of the sphere, the entire inside of the sphere is a screen. Mm-hmm. And this film was shot in that 3D format, that kind of dome Three, shot uh, th- not, not not 3D okay, glasses okay. but because it surrounds you 360 it's it's more about 300 degrees okay. not quite all the way behind you because the chairs are right yeah, behind you Yeah you're talking to Jeff uh Steve watch your language yeah, yeah. yeah um no generalizations here okay all right all right so my impression is that it was basically just uh, an old Omnimax film on steroids um, the good kind of sk- steroids or the or the kind of um, Shrink your penis kind of steroids. God. What? How do I... <laughs> Visually very appealing. The sci-fi element of it, not so much sci-fi, more of a... The basic really? story... The basic story so is... You're, you're going to go into the story. You're going to talk about the give story. Give me a little bit. I, I'm trying to give I, you... I just a little bit without <laughs> being spoilery. Okay, fine. We just need to lead to the one inch. Care version. about the story in the sphere. <laughs> it's like the story that is. It was a strip club. Tell me about the story. Yeah, yeah. Where was she from? What are her dreams? <laughs> are you trying to say this is more like a Terrence Malick film than a Darren Aronofsky? <laughs> I'm saying, wow, film deep cut. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose I'd laugh if I knew who that was. No. Go watch Tree of Life and just. Well, I was just going to say... Tree of Life sober. And oh, go, God. Tree of Life so... <laughs> yeah, I don't um, think I'm going to be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you were have troubled by Tree of Life, you'd probably be troubled by this because it's definitely... Uh, we fucked over the earth. Now we have to look for other things, but look how beautiful the earth was when it was... Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> when is it, it was... Is it, pre- is it preachy? Is it really heavy-handed? It's a little, it's a little heavy-handed okay. preachy. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's uh, We need to do something about the 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 earth now, or the earth is going to kick us off, basically, <laughs> is kind of the message <laughs> that I, that I garnered. It's going to move us um, deeper away from the coast. I mean, you know. Well, it'll... It was very pretty. Prim is going to be great. And north coastal, and south. Yeah, coastal <laughs> yeah. property. What they need to do is get like a Star Wars mini film in that thing. Oh, yes. something. Yes, um, I appreciate the Save the Earth. The visuals were stunning, but yes. Get a hold of Gendy very... Tartakovsky and say, Gendy, yeah. <laughs> do this. And oh, he's just going to go crazy. $130 sounds like a lot for an ecology lesson. Is it a pain in the yeah. ass to, like, when, yeah. the, when the focus Listen. shifts above you to like crank Well, no, be, because of how large the dome is and depending on where you're sitting, you literally have to physically move your head to see everything. So um, if you're prone to motion sickness, it might cause you a problem. But it didn't cause me a problem. I just was like trying to make sure I was taking everything in. But there's no the seats aren't moving. There's no, some rum, no. There's some rumble, but there's not that moving. There, rumble. there are transducers in the seats, so transducers. You do get the the shaking and. Sure. But just close your eyes. You get the. Yeah, yeah. You could, yeah, you could, yeah. You could, you could close your eyes and get reoriented very easily. Um, I used to. The do seats that on are the very narrow, though. I will just tell you that. I was surprised at how narrow these seats what are, kind of leg room? and no legroom. Uh oh. Well, Steve, you, you two, yeah, you two would be completely fucked because wow. I had to sit at, well, at a I, slight angle. I don't just know. To that might there. be worth one hundred thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's but, um, more comfortable, the coach or the sphere? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, do I think it's worth the price? Absolutely not. Oh, wow. Mm. And it, there was a fairly large crowd. We went on a Thursday, so I was surprised. Um, I got surprised with the night off because we were slow, and I was like, fuck it, I want to do something. So. Are there VIP seats available that are for Supposedly, yeah. taller people? No, I... There are ADA compliant seats that would probably have more legroom. So there you go. We'll wheel yourself to, in. We'll just walk in. <laughs> Help me. Although they looked like glorified folding chairs, I'm just going to put that out there. Wow. Um, I can't just borrow a like seventy dollars more. Roll too. yourself in. Oh yeah, if you have a wheelchair, they have slots for that. That's what I'm saying. Well, there you go. Do that. But uh, yeah. What? Yeah, I just. <laughs> we know. Oh well, in that case, that's how you buried it. You got to pass. Uh, I got discounted no, that's tickets. Not a rule. Don't listen, people. That's not a rule. <laughs> it's not fine. a. There's another T-shirt, but it's not. I got away with something it. Something you want to live by. Oh, that's I, a T-shirt. Technically, Darren's the one who got the 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 discount ticket. So there are secondary market tickets out there you might be able to swing a little bit better price but uh it's tough i mean i i thought it was visually very stunning uh gorgeous uh the way it was you. shot but do i think it's worth the price absolutely not it, sphere is its own thing it's not like connected to a hotel right it is physically connected to the venetian but the day that we were there, we we walked over from the the link parking, uh, and I'm glad we did because we were originally going to go through the Venetian, grab a bite to eat, and then take the bridge over. The bridge was closed. <laughs> they closed the they physically closed the door on the bridge. So if you were in the Venetian trying to walk over, you were fucked. Okay, so you could. I the reason I asked is I figured maybe you could get a comp or something at the Venetian if you played a little. Uh, wow. No, it's independent. Yeah, right. it's Madison it's Square owned Garden. by yeah MSG Group, Madison Square Garden. That yep. <laughs> no, I thought maybe Mona Sodium Food Glutamate. Well, someone out there probably did. Yeah, it yeah. tastes I better. Did, yeah. Everything better with okay. MSG. It's a, it's it's a king a of flavor. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, like I said, it it was it was a very cool visual experience. Uh, but not at the uh, dollar per minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Breakdown. It, it literally does break like down to about a club. dollar a minute. The price yeah. to viewing ratio. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the price to view. And then the other thing was my Chiefs beat uh, uh, Maple Leaf Matt. Steve, what you do Matt's. this week? Yeah, what do you do, Steve? <laughs> Buffalo Bills. So, sorry, sorry, Maple Leaf. But once again, once again, Mahomes took your guys out. So Kay, Kay and I have been holding off having a, a fairly in-depth discussion. Eh, maybe not in-depth, but having a discussion about this until Barry got back. Oh, he, oh Barry. Okay. Barry got back. Barry got back. <laughs> That's the worst version of that song. So as we mentioned. I haven't been eating that much. So as we mentioned uh, maybe a think. couple episodes ago. We actually finished up the Big Bang Theory uh, ah, for season. for fuck's sake. See, there that's why we they go. Waited. That's why they waited. 11 and 12. Now, uh, Every time we bring up Big Bang Theory, Terrible. and especially back when Paul was still on the show, oh, we get this chorus. We get this chorus of "fuck that show." Terrible show. But no, it's not. It's but, not. Um, so I did at least get Paul to concede that maybe one of the things that set him off was that it hit a little too close to home. <laughs> 
Yeah, I do. I remember that he did. Yeah, because there's a couple times where I was like watching that, and I'm like, get the fuck out of my head. <laughs> oh, I yeah. I lived this scene right here. Oh yeah, they the one exaggerated, of, the, of course. One of the uh, we look watched. at look at Barry thinking, when did they get in my head? They did not get in my head. Fuck they them. are constantly in their head, and <laughs> and including one of the episodes that we watched, they had human being. They had a uh, they had a, uh, a prolonged discussion about. Um, why do they still use the bat signal? Wouldn't they just text him? Bat signal's not for Batman. Bat signal, and I was like, this is a, this yes. is a we've had these conversations. Yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, in order to uh, in order to make this even more clear, I've come up with a list. No, oh. it's a list. So don't kick the joke in the dick. The list <laughs> <laughs> of brought of, to you by of how the show is similar to, in fact, Geek Shock. Oh, not kicking it in the dick. Yeah. Number ten. Yeah, no, I don't have. I don't have ten. I was. Oh. I, um, You've got first what, of all, eight? all the characters like geeky things. Like we all yep. like geeky things. Sure, the, it's kind the of the power, core of the show. Yeah, the things that they talk about are things that we talk about. Uh, one of the characters is lactose intolerant, ah, like, ha, like ha, Barry. Ha, ha. One severely of the, lactose intolerant. One of the like characters uh, has severe. No, the character though is no. at least at least one of the characters has a significant other that is way above their weight class, like like Barry. Yeah. Eat a bag of dick. <laughs> one of, <laughs> at least one of the characters has a significant other that makes more money than he does, like Barry. Yeah. Just a shower of assholes, all of you. <laughs> one of the characters has a significant other that when she gets annoyed, will punch. Like, like Barry. Like Barry. <laughs> And finally, oh my of, God! One of the characters is the smartest person in the room, whose contributions to the group are sadly overlooked or made the object of ridicule. Oh like me! me. Oh. <laughs> wow! I was waiting to see who took that. Which one of you eagle maniacal motherfuckers was going to take that? And it was all of them. Yeah, guys. I can't it, believe I didn't see it before, but Barry is Howard. Yeah, oh, he's Wallowitz. He's how uh, he's Wallowitz. He's um, uh, the other guy. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, it's really funny. But not a doctor. <laughs> not a doctor. Um, like Barry. We had this conversation, Steve and I, and we're like, I don't. Know, were we into season twelve, or we were still doing eleven? I I got the the Blu-rays, so we were piling through them. And at one point, somebody says something that is typically, and I hear from the corner, hmm. <laughs> then I started noticing I was hearing, hmm, more and more as Steve is just making notes of the parallels between Big Bang Theory and Barry. So, watch that show without the laugh track. Uh, you won't know where to yes, laugh. It's There's called, no laugh track. It's called yes. Young yeah. Sheldon. Yeah. I think actually somebody should take an episode of Young Sheldon and throw in a laugh track. <laughs> yeah. The vast that that's something that they we, we talked about if you listen to any of the past shows, Barry. Uh, <laughs> we actually talked about this where the Kirsten watched the behind the scenes and the yeah. vast majority of the laughs you hear are the studio audience. Those behind the scenes vids when they were gearing up for their <clears throat> final season were really touching. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and talking about their warm up guy mm -hmm. who actually had worked for them for the, the whole time. And his job 
His job is a fucking on recording day. He stays with the audience the whole fucking time. So when they're resetting, when they're making, when they're setting up for a new scene and everything, he keeps them engaged. He keeps them going. Jesus Christ, Mark Sweet. Yeah, you're you're like on for hours. Oh, it's a hard job, dude. Oh, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, it was something. And watching this guy, and he had done so many series. This guy, his like bony shoulders <laughs> yeah. showing through his t-shirt and shit when he's doing the interview. This guy was old school, and he had been with them the entire run. That was some impressive stuff. Yeah, but they don't use a laugh track. They have a live studio audience. The only time that they use recorded laughs is all of the car scenes are shot on a green screen soundstage. And what they will do is just bring a couple of chairs out and do the scene <laughs> and, and use the laughs from yeah. that. On top of the they're literally like miming drivers. Yeah, so, I understand. The so they're still laughing audience, to the same. But jokes, if they're yeah. not laughing, they'll, they'll maybe redo it again. And they tell the audience when to laugh. Well, they'll they they may also use laughs from a previous take because mm -hmm. you know you're going to be doing takes over and over, and when you get the take that you need, it may not. It, just, may not be it the just first doesn't one. land yeah. like it did the first time. I'd like to see that show without the laughs, without the studio uh, audience laughing. Well, well that, good that's luck. one of your dramedies. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's spaced. That's young young Sheldon. I mean, most of them now, that the, the, the studio audience sitcom is almost dead. Yeah. Frazier's doing it. Uh, young, uh, the spinoff from Young Sheldon is going to go back to a multicam. Yeah. I suit. was watching like their bloopers and stuff like that, and I have to say, I was just like, "Shit, <laughs> this is something I miss. This is something I if if you're going to grab something out of my life where I'm like, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd been on a live studio audience sitcom because oh, me too. There was there's an energy there. Yeah, working with the audience and the uh, just working with the people. It, it's the closest thing to um, doing live theater. Live theater in on television. Yeah. And um, and having a repertory company. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Young Sheldon. I I am caught up already for season seven, and much like I alluded to earlier, and some other people have said, um, the character of Sheldon actually becomes less interesting the longer that show goes on. All the surrounding characters. Are, I'm invested in them more than I am in Sheldon. And that's mostly because, you know, that character's kind of locked in to where we know he will be. Right. So they really can't do a lot with him, but the other characters are fair game. <laughs> so I'm so I I do like that. And I do like the fact that the new sitcom is gonna center on uh his older brother and uh his wife, who we know from dialogue in Big Bang Theory, that's Georgie's first wife. So we'll see how they play that out. Wow, I don't fucking care. In the <laughs> wow. I didn't think I couldn't care any less. It turns out I can care less about yeah. fucking Big Bang Theory. You know what pisses me off about that show? That I'll be talking about something that it's about you and you didn't get any real. Eat <laughs> all the shit. Just gobble it all up. <laughs> no, it's like I'll be talking about something geeky that I'm doing in my life, and then some basic bitch who we're talking to will be like, "Oh, do you ever watch Big Bang Theory? They talk about that too." That's like, fuck you. Well, you're that, just upset because it all the way off. It hits too close to home. Yeah, for you, to that I say, welcome to the world of cops and doctors so yeah yeah, yeah really <laughs> huh what 
there are TV shows about cops, lawyers, and doctors. Yes, Quite a few yes, of them, actually. And, and the people that talk just, to them probably go, that's just like in that episode of NCIS. And they're like, oh, God, oh, you basic no. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's very funny and very true. Hey, anyway. Barry, didn't you tell me you liked the IT crowd? It was a funny show. <laughs> okay. But it was like way out there. Like it was obviously a, an incredible parody. Oh, this? oh, was I it? Don't know. Oh, oh, was it now? Huh. Based on some of the stories you've told me? Huh. Yes. Mm. Eat your stoop waffle. I'm gonna eat my stoop waffle. Stoop waffle. Your stoop waffle. Stoop waffle. The other thing is, again, on the reading tear, I have read the. Uh, so. When the Perry Mason TV show was on, I was like, you know what? I really am kind of curious as Wait, to how... Wait, which one? The original the, or the remake? The HBO. Current, the okay. HBO. I'm really kind of curious as to uh, how how this compared... Because I know what the TV show is, the, the, you know, the Raymond Burr TV show. So um, far different from the oh, books. Oh, yeah. And, well, yeah. And so I was curious as to... So I went book shopping and, mm. in the hopes of finding the very first Perry Mason book. I didn't. But I did find the very first... Uh, cool and Lamb Detective Agency uh, uh, series, uh, The Bigger They Come by Earl Stanley Gardner, writing as A.A. Fair, because Earl Stanley Gardner, like a lot of those pulp writers back in the day, was a writing machine. Hmm. And so in order not to have an Earl Stanley Gardner book come out every week, he had all these, all these pseudonyms, and this was one of them. And uh, it's really good. It came out in 1939, kids. And uh, <laughs> and it's really good. It's uh, he's it's very dialogue heavy. It's um, so it's it's a real quick read. It's like you're reading a screenplay almost. Oh. And um, and this one has a really the first one has a really cool twist. The twist of the solution, how can I say this without completely spoiling it, is based on a throwaway line way early in the book. And. Uh, and I heartily recommend it. It's it's smart, and it's based on an actual law that existed at the time, that existed in 1939. And it's basically... No, no. Not going to say. In case people do want to read it. Uh, it's got a lot of humor, as I've heard the Perry Mason books aren't all that funny. Yeah. Uh, my mom there. My mom <clears throat> read a lot of those. Yeah. It was one of her favorite things. And so far as, you know, because, again, I can't help it. I, ca I cast these things in my head, especially when they're written almost like screenplays. And um, if I was going to do a period, you know, detective thing for HBO or something, I would probably do Kathy Bates as Mrs. Cool and Tom Holland as Donald Lamb because he's described as being short and about 120 pounds. So everyone thinks, you're a detective? It's like, yeah, you know, I get around. <laughs> And there's a couple times when, you know, he and he did. He stands his ground and then gets the shit beat out of him. One of the funniest scenes is he gets worked over. And uh, and as they're trying to get him to go back and, you know, the villains are trying to get him to go back and do what they want. The guy that worked him over starts giving him fighting tips. It's like, you know, you're a short guy. You, you can't you can't wind up like that. You got to do the. If I had 30 minutes with you, I could show you how to fight as he's, you know, putting you know fixing up all of his bruises and all this stuff and i was like that's hilarious i would love to see that and then the finally uh it's been out for a while but the the new series uh is coming up uh i got a again one of my one of my favorite famous wild hairs and i just decided to watch feud the betty davis joan crawford miniseries um with 
Jessica Lange as Joan Crawford and Susan Sarandon as Betty oh, Davis. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Where was this? It's on Hulu. Hmm. And um, Alfred Molina as Robert Aldrich. And it's basically about the first pairing of them uh, in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. And then that feud just sort of escalated throughout the rest of their rest of their lives. And it's really, it's really good. And I got to say, for me anyway, the standout is Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon does Betty Davis without doing a Betty Davis impression. And it's kind of amazing. Um, Jessica Lange just really to me isn't quite the Joan Crawford type, but, but she's still really good in it. And when it gets towards the end and everything, you really do kind of feel like, oh, man. Hmm. And, it, and it is one of those things where these women were at the top of their game in the 30s and 40s. And as time went on and they got older, the parts started drying up. And, uh, yeah. And it just talks about, you know, the end of the studio era. Uh, Stanley Tucci plays um, uh, Jack Warner. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, and he's really good. Yeah, I was going to say, you had me basically at Alfred Morlina, and then, uh, I can't talk today. Uh, you had me at Alfred Molina, and then when you sit Stanley Tucci, I'm like, okay, yeah. now I really want to watch it. Judy Davis as uh, Hedda Hopper. Uh, Hedda Hopper. It wow, is, really? It is yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing cast. And the next one coming up is uh, a Truman Capote versus, I forget, some... You know, fabulous babes. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> oh, uh, um, Catherine Cedar Jones as uh, Olivia de Havilland. Oh, oh wow. And Kathy Man. Bates as uh, Joan Blondell. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, uh, it's an amazing Man, cast. If I thought I loved Olivia de Havilland before, woof. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely in the uh, time machine list. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Olivia de Havilland or... Catherine Zeta Jones. Well, both. He's like, yes. <laughs> yes. These lists will get you in yeah, trouble. One is asked to be. Yeah, really. Yes. Yeah, really. <laughs> You're going to jail all over time. I, it, it was really funny because I think Steve makes a good point. Um, Sarandon playing, playing Davis without doing a Davis impression. Um, it reminds me of a commentary I heard from two film guys. They were actually Vegas film reviewers for a while these two guys and they were talking about uh the ed wood movie and one of them was just like martin landau's bela lugosi was incredible and the other guy actually said well i don't know i've never seen bela lugosi so like you know in interview right in real life so he's like so i don't know how the performance was and i was just sort of like what because it's like <laughs> yeah I mean, okay, so when somebody does Abraham Lincoln, do we have to dismiss his performance because we've never seen Abraham Lincoln? It was just sort of a weird comment. Yeah. And I thought about Im impression or hitting the note as the, the person versus your character creation. Because I was sort of in the opposite direction of Steve. I, oh. I liked what Sarandon did, but I felt Jessica Lange's performance, and I agree, Steve, I don't know that she is like pinpoint on Crawford. She doesn't strike me she doesn't strike me as much at Crawford as Faye Dunaway. But <laughs> yeah. I I the the performance was still outstanding. Yeah. Lang yeah. is out and they all are. Yeah. They all are. That like Steve said, the whole cast is just me. Tucci is friggin' hysterical. It's funny. It's like you can actually see where bits and pieces of uh 
Tom Cruise's dude from Tropic <laughs> Thunder come from from yeah. the typical Hollywood mogul, you know, the typical Hollywood power show, hot shot. So I definitely, I enjoyed watching it. I came in a little late um, on watching it with Steve, but it was, it was definitely worth a watch. Well, there's and, your and, show, watching it with Steve. And, 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 then I got, and then I got curious about Trog, which is Joan Crawford's last film role ever. So we watched a couple of, because I saw that movie as a kid. It was on a double bill with Island of Terror. And I told Kay, I, I said, and the only thing I remembered about Island of Terror until I was able to watch it fairly recently was, was Peter Cushing's No Bones. And you know, when you're a kid, that's like hysterical. So we're like, no boons, no boons. And the other one from Trog was this guy comes j- jumping up out of this cave. And he goes, he's dead, he's dead. Oh, my God, he's dead. And we're just like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> I guess we had to be there. You had to be there. <laughs> kids, kids say the darndest things. <laughs> you had to be there 55 years ago. But there are a couple of there are a couple of bad movie, movie cult movie review shows that talk about Trog. So we watched that, and it was interesting, and it was really funny because I'm sitting here watching that, going, "This is fascinating." Because despite everything, Crawford, I mean, she's doing the job. <laughs> her yeah. last movie she ever did, totally on the bottom of her career, all finished, all washed up, and she's doing the job. Yeah. She, she's actually, it was interesting. Those things were interesting when you hear about the people who are like absolute fucking nightmares, but they're always on time. They always know their lines. They always hit their marks. They, you know, they, they professionally, they hit all the notes that you need them to hit, but then they just, they're these nightmares in other aspects of behind the scenes, which is just bizarre and interesting to see. Yeah, one of the, one of my favorite moments in that is they talked about how uh, Crawford, again being you know very self conscious, very insecure about her looks at that age, they were shooting the death scene in whatever happened to Baby Jane, and every time they had a break, she'd go back to her trailer, redo the makeup, have her maid tighten up her neck to get rid of the turkey neck, and she would come back out, and he's like, I don't know what she's doing in there. Every time she comes out, she looks better and better. And then when they had the screening for uh, Jack Warner, he goes, he goes, well, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do with that end scene. She looks like she's getting better. <laughs> she doesn't look like she's dying. She looks like she's getting better. So they had to reshoot. They actually shot that scene uh, on location, and to do the reshoots, they had to bring it into the studio and do a reshoot. So and Susan Sarandon doing the Betty Davis cackle was just. Yeah. <laughs> Kay, what did you do this week besides that? I watched Feud with Steve. Now, what I wanted to comment on, no, um, I did watch Feud with Steve, but I also, uh, well, we watched a few. We watched a few uh, cult review specials mm-hmm. and things like that. So, Brandon Tennell, Dark Corners reviews, those are actually always fun. I haven't really d- uh, dived deep into anything in particular so you did nebulous things this week well i'm getting there i'm getting i'm building up i am looking forward to this friday this friday will be the only day that i will actually be able to see godzilla minus one minus color so i'm uh i'm waiting for them to announce is that minus two black and white oh it's the black and white they're gonna do and um they didn't do it just the simple, we'll just, you know, desaturate it. Negative actually, one squared. They actually worked from uh, 
uh, mats and stuff like that that to actually make this happen. So I'm really interested in seeing what they're going to do, and I want to see that on a big screen. I broke Barry's brain. <laughs> yeah, we did watch. We did start watching Monarch, mm-hmm. the uh, the monsters series, which is very interesting. How many episodes you in? Uh, four. 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 How, four. How how are you feeling on Monarch? I am liking it, but oh god, it this this interminable family angst <laughs> storying yeah. is is actually starting to get to me. And now there's some people who don't know what monarch is. What is it? Monarch is a word that denotes king, a sole ruler and uh... But that's not important right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been zookered everyone. Zookered. It's the it's the group that monitors the quote unquote titans in the Godzilla universe, uh, the current one that is going. The one that's in the American series. Legendary Productions. Legendary Productions. And um, this is this is essentially about the start of Monarch. One of the more entertaining and interesting things about it is they do a lot of back and forth timeline stuff and they use Kurt Russell and his son Wyatt, who bears a striking resemblance to him, as the same character, which actually gets to be fun. Um, you're watching his son be Kurt Russell. You occasionally see Kurt Russell be his son, you know, and you can just see how they worked on this, and it's interesting. So there's also a very weird family twist that is just like, wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, it is getting, it is going on a bit long about that. So it's just sort of like, ugh. And here's what's funny. Everyone talks about the human story in Godzilla Minus One as being one of the draws, as being yes. one of the pluses. Yeah. Yeah. And why isn't it working in this? Because yeah. I kind of agree. It's like, oh, God, just get well, well, I Well, let's face it, for the Godzilla world movies they've done so far, including the Kongs and so on, Monarch is the part that you sit through to get to the good stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. It, it, it's kind of happening here. Um, and, and they've got m- multiple threads going. It's not just like this one interminable thread. And I think for me, that's part of the problem. It's just like, it's starting to fill like, fill. It's starting to feel like filler. Mm, mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not sure about the performances are good. The, uh, the, the characters are interesting. The people playing the characters are interesting, but they're getting way too deep into this. uh, See, that's, that's my whole fear though. I mean, the monster stuff in the movies, that's the expensive, right? That's that's yeah. where all the budget goes to make the monster part, yeah. and everything else connects that together that you right. have to sit through. Now, they made Godzilla, the new one, minus one or whatever, mm. uh, for $10 million? I have, uh, 15 I think. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it? Yeah, that's yeah, no, it. It was cheap, dude. It wow. was dirt cheap. And it still looks good. Yes, it right. looks fabulous. Yeah. So, and this has got it. The, the, when the monsters show up, it looks They're, good. Yeah, you're not you're not sneering at anything. There's nothing here that is cut rate. Okay, but I'm guessing is what I'm asking. I guess is what is the monster to monarch ratio? Oh, it's oh, it's heavily heavy monarch mon- and heavy monarch. Yeah, heavy uh, monarch, and it's just like gives me Cloverfield vibes. Oh, and there's that kind of sorta. Yeah, I but mean. Again, the, my thing is, why does the human stuff work in minus one, and it's just kind of not working here? Well, I think part of it is this guy, the guy in minus one, is a little more 
uh, relatable, a little more sympathetic. Mm. Yeah. Because they have one character in here where she's doing the typical American writing of the defensive asshole. And it just just grates on your nerves after a while. It's like after a couple episodes of her being, I'm going to protect myself by being a jerk to you. It's just like... Mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that. Oh, God almighty, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the, the, the whole twist... We won't talk about right now, but the whole twist, it, it get, it, and the shit gets complicated. So, so, and it, and it is, there's a lot of relationship stuff and people being angry at each other. And it's just like, oh. It sounds like why The Mist, the series didn't work. Maybe. That I didn't watch be. The Mist, but. Because, yeah, maybe, maybe what doesn't work about Monarch is just a bunch of overused tropes. Yeah. Definitely. Whereas minus one is a very specific, very specific characters in a very specific situation who act in very specific manner. And minus one, I mean, it's the kamikaze pilot who didn't kill himself. Yeah. That's not exactly a trope that is all over the fucking place. (laughs) Right. Right. So it's not like something that is, I mean, it may have been done, but it hasn't been overdone. And the other thing that's weird with, with Godzilla minus one is that even though, especially like that last, I'd say quarter of the film, a lot of it was fairly predictable, but it still was impactful when it happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like you knew it was coming. Sure. But it's still sure. registered. You're like, well, it, it's, you know, yeah. just from the log line, right? Uh, a kamikaze pilot who doesn't go through with it. And instantly, you get an idea, okay, I, I think I know where this story's going to go, right? So, it, so it, a lot of it just follows suit and makes sense. But there's, there's yeah, they took a little too much from the, uh, the book of tropes. I like all the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna Sawai, who is the, uh, the female lead, uh, is actually going to be Mariko in the new Shogun. So she's one to watch out for, but uh, boy, oh boy, it actually just, <sighs> so, I, and it's not a complete downer. It's not like it totally destroys it for me, yeah. but I'm just like, um, because yeah, actually the, for me, the flashback scenes are the most fun. Yeah. The, the 1930s, 1950s, 60s yeah. flashback scenes. Well, given the shows you like to watch anyway, that makes no sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? I'll take that. <laughs> Poor Steve. <laughs> I'm not for me. That's... I resemble that remark. <laughs> yeah, that is... That the is... other thing, uh, there are two other things I want to comment on. One is the Hugo nominations have come out. I yeah. Sent, I sent this link to uh, Todd. Yeah, and you broke my brain. Oh, my God, dude. It is so fucking... Okay, folks. Voting, elections, practices, systems. There is something called the Australian system, which is like a ranked voting system. Mm-hmm. You vote for your first place. You know, do I want I want Barry to be X, but if Barry doesn't get it, I want Todd to be X. If Todd doesn't get it, I want Jeff to be X. And then what they do is this complicated math that's, well, does Barry get enough? No, he doesn't. So we go to Todd. Does Todd get enough? No, oh, maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. We go to Jeff. And it's this complicated system. Now, the Hugos had this whole bugaboo uh, about seven, eight years ago where some people tried to jimmy the voting because they had figured out the math and they knew how to actually 
tell people to vote to affect outcomes. And the Hugos are not huge. We're talking hundreds, a thousand or a couple thousand votes yeah. participating. Not a lot. I know because I tried to get us a Hugo nominated uh, yeah. a podcast, but we didn't have the votes for exactly. it. We well, they, uh, they, they did some modification to the voting rules, which made a complicated system even more complicated. And then things add an additional layer of complication because this year's or last year's World Science Fiction Convention was in Chengdu, China. And um, one of the provisos in the World Science Fiction uh, Convention and the Hugo's Committee is you have to release the stats for the Hugo nominations. You have to release the stats how many votes for this, how many votes for that, and all the run-throughs, making up your nominations list. Keep in mind, we're not even talking about winners. We're still talking about nominations and stuff. And (laughs) for people who understand this math, there is a shitload of stuff that is apparently not lining up, and they're getting upset. And it's really funny if you don't know this, like me, like Todd, and you're reading through this shit, your brain is melting because they're spewing out, well, the number of votes for this and the number of votes for that, and then coming up with that total doesn't make any sense, and you're just like, I don't, I don't, I don't under, I don't know what, what, what's happening here. But apparently, there is a lot of um, uh, controversy uh, possible Chinese government censorship, maybe the Hugo Committee trying to be careful around the Chinese government or whatever going on, all sorts of stuff going on that has created a rather large uh, kerfluffle in the Hugo community and in the science fiction community where people are talking about the literary award. And like I said, I can't even explain it to you. It is so weird. If you're interested in going down a rabbit hole of truly obscureness, <laughs> go ahead and look for the uh, Chengdu Hugo 2023, and you're going to see a bunch of blogs talking a bunch of stuff about a bunch of stuff that just makes your head spin. I tried to understand it, and I was like, I can't, I can't. This makes. I can't. Were the voting changes for just for this year? No. Well, because <sighs> the reason I ask is when, like, a couple years ago, I was like, ooh. There's a podcast award at the Hugo's. Yes. We can yes. maybe get fan cast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's usually won by the same podcast yes. over and over. Very, I'm like, some that's shenanigans. But what it is is they've just got the, the right amount of they, people to pay got, five bucks. They've got the people, like about five bucks, to be able to yeah. spend five bucks and then go vote. Uh-huh. Now I'm wondering, do they? pay those people five bucks for their no no i think it's just their fans they just have the fans who pay the money and do the do the thing one of the controversies though that landed in this one is really interesting in according to the hugo committee bylaws they have to release the stats like i said if they render candidates ineligible they don't have to explain it and there were a couple of glaring ineligible people who have been were made ineligible that a lot of people are like that does not make any sense at all and was it people who've won before or no we're talking one of the the biggest one uh for best novel there's an author named rf kwang yeah and she actually wrote a novel uh titled babel b-a-b-e-l which was talked about it on the show which was rendered ineligible for the hugo 
no explanation, and there's no obvious reason for it because she fits the novel fits all the requirements. So there's sure stuff does. like that. There's stuff like that that has come out that people are like, "What the fuck?" And it is it is just this. Okay, see, when you said it, I thought maybe that like some established stuff was just getting in all the time just because oh that was... that that dude goes back to the old kerfluffle back in 2015 when the puppies exploded which is its whole other story <laughs> wait wait you what, gotta wait, use wait. the whole the whole when the sad puppies the exploded. sad puppies did that make it easier no what the hell are you talking about <laughs> there were a group of uh, popular writers who are known for being libertarian or right-wing who are constantly overlooked in hugos and a lot of argument can be that their writing isn't quite so literary. They're popular writers, but it's not necessarily literary. Okay. And so that was the movement started where people were like doing what was called slate voting. And these popular bloggers would literally pull out, best for a novel, vote for this guy, best novelette, vote for this person, da, da, da. and yeah. they put that out. And in it's campaigning, Hugo, yeah. Hugo... Uh, in the Hugo system, slate voting campaigning is not allowed. But they were dodging a lot of things. How do you do slate voting? Dude, you're just- dude, you're killing me. Because I seriously, this goes into the math of this fucking system. And it is crazy. I mean, it's real easy for us to say, hey, you know what? If you're going to be voting for the Hugos and it costs like f- literally five bucks or something to enter... Vote for these novels. This is what we yeah, think yeah, you yeah. did. If that's slate voting, then... Well, slate voting is, is the whole slate of, of all the positions on the thing. So it, and, it, then, it, and then... It, it would be as if you said, only vote Democrat. Yeah. Which is you know, allowed. Yeah. 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 So it, 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 it gets more intense and more controversial. I can't even do it justice... It is so crazy. All I know is when I every when I looked at the Hugos after the first time I tried, I was like, okay, who keeps winning this thing every yeah, yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's always fucking Charlie Jane Anders. And I've read her shit on IO9, yes. and I think it's terrible. Right. Well, there you go. That And that is the Hugos for it. That is the convention scene as well. So, yeah, I don't want to be. So, anyway, that was interesting because that explosion came up. Well, By the way, vote Geek Shock for Hugo. There you go. Put <laughs> us in and vote for us, folks. Now. The one other thing I want to name is I got involved in a, they were talking about Obscure Characters Comics uh, page on Facebook, and it's it's kind of fun. People talk about public domain characters, little known characters, and there's this one guy who is named Romulus that was in, a Mar- in some Marvel comics, and this guy was like excess of the excess. This, this guy had like Wolverine claws, but he also had finger claws, you know, that kind of excess. Long Shatterstar. Yeah, yeah, but this guy was called Romulus. A lot of pockets. Uh, that whole kind of weirdness. A little leaf field action. But what was hilarious, I didn't get this guy's name, but I wanted to recall this statement he made because his sentence sums up so much about pop now. Pop culture is just hilarious because somebody put up a picture and like, who's this? What do you do? Blah, blah, blah. And that one guy responded, just one glance at this guy and I'm bored. <laughs> and I was like, wow, how much of modern pulp c- pop culture now is you just take a glance and you're instantly. <sighs> and I just thought it was wonderful. And I wanted to throw that line out there because I just thought it was great. 
I, it, it's amazing. That One explains glance. a lot about when I surf Netflix looking for something to watch. There you go. Like, oh, blah, yeah. No, blah. Right. Right. One glance. Meanwhile, oh, Deb is like, just give it a chance. Yeah. No. She's got to get back so we can talk about Netflix hats. Yeah. I so. can't wait to hear what the hell ever that is. <laughs> Gilded Age. Oh, God. Deb knew as soon as he said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking at Barry's face, it's time for news you don't give a shit about. Oh, oh I need some stupaffle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Stroop waffle. Stoop. waffle. Stoop waffle. Why did you take the box of stoop waffles and put it below the table where I can't see what you're doing? Don't Stop worry. making that Don't face. Worry. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's all right. Universal Pictures is developing a new Jurassic World movie, and they've hired original Jurassic Park screenwriter David Cope to write it. The project is described by Deadline as being a, quote, complete reboot and it's on the fast track to production. Uh, the new Jurassic World movie will be a, quote, completely fresh take on a Jurassic era with Jurassic World and stars Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard are not expected to return, nor Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, or Sam Neill. The uh, new film will executive produce uh, by Steven Spielberg uh, through Amblin, of course. Frank Marshall and Patrick Crowley will also produce. So, a uh, new Jurassic World movie, uh, but... This old storyline's done by old, I mean, last movie. And now we're starting brand new with whatever. One glance at that, and I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I mean, it's universal. Even the ones that have been considered, quote, box office bombs, Universal's been making a ton of money oh, yeah. off of those movies. So. And, and we will always get yeah. New Jurassic Park because yeah. dinosaur, but it's the only interesting dinosaur movie really happening yeah 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 dinosaurs are the bomb they're gonna need to take those dinosaurs and go into space they're gonna need to get space outfits for those so what you're saying is it's a dinosaur but it's in In space space. yes that's it (laughs) so if you're like ah i really love jurassic park but i'm tired of that last one guess what your wish their command you know, it's funny. Uh, there was a bunch of 4K Blu-rays on sale around uh, Black Friday time, and they had like Don't the complete say. Jurassic set, and then they had just the like the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park. I bought just the 30th anniversary because that's the one I can watch over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and never get bored with it. The other ones are all like single watch. It's like eh, and it's sad to say because there's. There's some fun parts in part two and three, but. How about uh, parts Jurassic World? Yeah. One, two, three, and four. Yeah. No. No. Not really. Jurassic World dominatrix. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the last one wasn't too bad, but it's also another single watch. I think that's it. I think they're fun in the moment, but then. Well, that first one was just so groundbreaking, and I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's Steven Spielberg at his best. The way uh, his cinematographer frames each shot, uh, the way the actors perform together, um, even though it's it's one of the first uses of that type of CG, it still holds yeah. up. It's and amazing. In fact, it's uh, uh, I think Quarter Crew had, uh, addressed it in one of their videos where they're talking about how. 
one of the problems with a lot of CG today is that they don't use enough depth of field when they're putting the CG. So the the CG object is very crisp, and they're not putting any kind of blur on it to make it feel like it should be faded into the background yeah. if it's not the thing that you're focusing on. Yeah. And it it's really distracting, and a lot of people, their brains don't register. It's like, well, this is just off. But, well, why is it off? Well, it's because it's it should be in the foreground as crisp and clear as it is, but it's meant to be placed in the background, yeah. and, yeah. And anyway. there's also something to be said about it being based on the the Crichton novel. Right. Yeah, right? Because well, that's, the, that's the story. And Crichton working on the script. And the rest are all remakes of that. Right. In themselves. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, exa- it's exactly like another one. There's only one movie that introduced us to sharks and tornadoes and then there's a whole bunch of afterwards they're just remaking that first movie yeah, yeah. exactly but dinosaurs other people can do it yes know? where's the revitalization of the valley of guanji yeah franchise? that's what i want to see dinotopia didn't we uh, say that was coming uh, years ago like a decade ago that was right. being in development what dinotopia oh yeah yeah, yeah. the uh, the um Oh, what's the guy's name? The artist. He's very famous for doing dinosaurs. Yeah, so, uh, James something or other. Yeah, it's a, a world where dinosaurs and man live together in a more modern style. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Flintstones. Yes. but Okay. Yeah. It's Flintstones. But, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I do want to see Valley of Guanji with better actors. So that would be fun. Hey, man, James Franciscus is the bomb. <laughs> I do like me some James It's Franciscus. actually, you know what? Better than Tony Franciosa. You know what? <laughs> I don't know what you're even talking about. How old is this thing? Old. Ray Harryhausen did it. Yep. That doesn't help me. It should. It should. And well, the that's fact that's also, on you. The it fact that, that it doesn't help you kind of tells you how old it is. Yeah. Although the thing about Valley of Guanji and the thing about Harryhausen in general is he really pulls on the heartstrings. Yeah. It's like you get those big nasty monsters and you fight them and you kill them and you this and you that. And it's like, oh, wow, people were threatened. This was scary. This was, you know, in Harryhausen's movies, that... Tyrannosaurus Rex is just looking for a way out. Yeah, he's just trying to get he's out of the... He's just trying to get away from all these fucking people. <laughs> I and get it. And he gets it. trapped, and Burned. he's stuck, yeah. and he burns in a cathedral, and it's just horrible. It's it's like, wow, Ray. Like a day at work for me. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you should understand. I do. Yeah. Your life, Todd, your life is a Harryhausen movie. I feel like a T-Rex. Yeah. Although I will say little arms. I've got the arms. I've got the arms. <laughs> I will say one thing about Valley of Guanji. The uh, elephant sound effects. He had an elephant in um Hang on. Hold I'm, on. I'm glad hold you on. brought this up. Hang yeah, on. I know. <laughs> an, an earlier film. I'll just say this. Okay. In an earlier film. And they had the same elephant sound effect. 1969. They had the same elephant sound nice. effect every time the elephant. So it was always that and they just they, <laughs> How was that? How was that again? My lips are. are... How how was that that sound effect there? Whoa! Don't make noises with your butt. Yeah, that sounds no less like a fart. Yeah. Anyway, Todd, you have to isolate that very first one because we have got to use that over and over again, all over the place. Anyway, they basically it, it would be like using the Wilhelm scream every single time somebody somebody died. So for Valley of Guanji, it honestly it sounds like. Me with a microphone just going, ah! 
Which is kind of horrifying in general. (laughs) They're not good at elephant sound effects. Uh, No. No, that wasn't. No. (laughs) They don't give a shit about... The final songs for Rock Band 4 are going to be released this week, ending an eight-year streak of weekly DLC releases for the Rhythm Game. The studio's future work will come to a Fortnite festival, a, the Rock Band-like game mode for Fortnite that launched in December. Uh, Rock Band 4's final DLC arrives on January 25th. The developer said it was announced on the Harmonics website, quote, the last two weeks will feature some tear jerkers that sum up our feelings about this moment, unquote. Harmonix says, although the live services for Rock Band 4 will continue as normal, including Rivals seasons and online play, and the studio also commented to uh, ensuring that players will get to keep the songs they've purchased, adding, quote, to be very clear, you can play the songs you own with Rock Band 4 for as long as you like. Uh, Rock Band 4 launched with 65 songs. Harmonix brought that number to more than 120 with the release of Rock Band Rivals expansion in 2016. Harmonix has since released new tracks for Rock Band 4 on a weekly basis. In recent weeks, the developers released DLC, including Beastie Boys, So What You Want, Queens of the Stone Age, No One Knows, Elton John's Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, through the music store. Over 3,000 songs now available for that platform. Who needs Spotify? (laughs) Right. You get to play along with Spotify. Well, unless you actually can play an instrument. You can do that. Yeah. There you go. Oh, and by the way, I just looked it up. The Wilhelm scream, which was unavailable really till 2023, has now been uploaded under a Creative Commons Zero license to free sound. So we can use the Wilhelm scream if we really need to. (laughs) Yes. That's right. Yes, legally. If you don't own it, is it really theft? I can't wait to hear it in all the Amityville movies for all the dialogue. What about all the geek shocks? Sure. What? what? So does that mean that, that 719 is going to get a re-edit? <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about 719. Touche. Touche. Uh, news you don't give a shit about. Uh, Star Citizen has a spaceship bundle that costs $48,000. Fuck what? Uh, that's over three times the annual salary of a worker on minimum wage in the U.S., that's the vast majority of the average annual salary for workers throughout the U.S., which, according to Forbes, was estimated to be just shy of 60000 in 2023. It's more than I paid for my car. So what do you get? Well, it includes everything ever released in Star Citizen at the time that the pack went on sale. That includes 221 ships, as well as all the extra paints and the extra concepts of the ship hulls of the clothes and the posters and the models, all digital, of course. So uh, I, a bargain at 48 thousand dollars star citizen one day they'll release it so i was at a party recently <laughs> and this dude was talking to me we just got to talking about games and stuff he's like oh dude you got to talk about star citizen on your show you talk about star citizen star citizen. i'm like uh-huh uh-huh yeah really okay tell me more and he's just talking all about star citizen how it's a great deal and and i started bringing up stuff like when is it ever going to be fucking released and the cause he's like no 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 it's a great game you should really bring it on hell you want me to be on the show talk about star citizen I'm no like, no 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 <laughs> nah, we're good we're good thanks I uh, submit it in email so i can delete it <laughs> <laughs> weekend geek right. a new tool Let's, uh, sitting to my right, a new tool. <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah. 
lets artists add invisible changes to the pixels in their art before they upload it online, so that if it's scraped into an AI training set, it can cause the resulting model to break in chaotic and unpredictable ways. Yeah. Nice. The tool is called Nightshade. It is intended to as a way to fight back against AI companies that take artists' work to train their models without the creator's permission. Uh, using it to poison this training data could damage future iterations of image-generating AI models, such as Dolly, Midjourney, and Stable Diffusion, by rendering some of their outputs useless. Uh, dogs become cats, cars become cows, and so forth. Mass hysteria! AI companies such as OpenAI, Meta, Google, and Stability AI are facing a slew of lawsuits from artists who claim that their copyrighted material and personal information was scraped without consent or compensation. Uh, ben Zhao, that's a professor at the University of Chicago who led the team that created Nightshade, said the hope is that it will help tip the power balance back from AI companies toward the artists by creating a powerful deterrent against disrespecting artists' copyright and intellectual property. Uh, Zhao's team also developed Glaze, that's a tool that allows artists to mask their own personal style to prevent it from being scraped by AI companies. Uh, the team is also making Nightshade open source, would allow others to tinker with it and make their own versions. The more people use it, the more make their own versions of it, the more powerful the tool becomes, Zhao says. Uh, the data sets for large AI models can consist of billions of images, so the more poisoned images can be scraped into the model, the more damage this technique will cause. The, uh, the wars have begun. Yeah, good. I had a friend of mine who makes uh, low-budge movies. Just start sing, just start singing the praises of his AI movie generator, and I was like, "Well, considering the source, that makes sense." <laughs> Dude, YouTube is all filled now with AI-generated videos. Where some all they have to do is put the subject they want in, and then they feed in. You know, oh. some a few news articles, and then it generates the voice, does the voiceover, and most yeah. of the time they don't even. You mean about the war in Belarus? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always the fun part. Yeah, there was one I was trying. Uh, I don't know how it popped up on my feed, but it was talking about uh, that uh, that show uh, Chop with uh, American Chopper, right? Was that the one on Discovery with the the father and the son that were. Yeah building the motorcycles. Anyway, I remember interviews with them and them pronouncing their name Tuttle. And this AI voice kept calling it Tootle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, then, and, 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 and then not only did it mispronounce it throughout the whole video, I was fascinated. I was just one of these. I was fascinated with how the AI voice was pronouncing this. So I watched, ended up watching the whole video. I don't remember the content of anything that it talked about, but I was fascinated how it would take the same words and mispronounce them throughout the whole video. Yeah, I'm just surprised how many uh, YouTube videos uh, yeah. Morgan Freeman and Patrick Stewart narrate. Yes, <laughs> yes. Are there the same videos where there's a guy watching the video on the corner of the video? You ever see those? Mm -mm. Oh, reaction vids? Reaction. Oh, yeah. uh, but it's not really a reaction vid. It's just a way to get our way around showing like a piece of i don't know house md or, or your fucking show yeah because sometimes it's an ai generated like figure that you know all it does is sit there and like maybe drinks like a, i don't go to the same places the internet you guys go it's just fucking garbage that shows up in a well feed. it's 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 what barry's to saying the system yeah. and get and get yeah. views and, and so you can put copyrighted material up there that's an in a non-review setting you're just literally putting up 
you know, say an entire like TV show. And then, and, then yes, crack, yes. and then crackdowns happen and actual reaction video people get yeah. uh, get fucked on. Yes, that, exactly. That. That's my concern as well. I mean, because that was a big problem with the Ugly Couch show is like we were getting copyright struck left and right. But it's reviewed. and I would always yeah, well, yeah. but see that's that's, but the, that's thing. the problem. But the see. system is set up that we have to fight to yeah. prove it, as opposed to they have to prove it before they issue the strike. Yes, right. Yeah. Because it's it's all about the corporations. I mean, lately, I, mean I won every copyright strike that I fought, but it just was an it's endless battle. Yeah. It's endless battle to, to the point where like Movie Bob lately has just been pixelating all yeah. of his background. Yep. yep. Videos for his uh, video reviews. Because he's just tired of fighting the copyright mm-hmm. stuff. I was like, oh, God, this is so stupid. Yeah, but for the AI thing, I, as much as I hate it in YouTube, and especially hate it for, well, this is just my bitch about YouTube, and I can't see trailers anymore because they're all fake, and it p- pisses me off to no end. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the fake trailers. The AI God. genie is out of the bottle. There's, there's, You're not going to stuff it back in there. I just got back from a big marketing conference here in Vegas for my day job, and... It's all AI, sucking at the teat of AI. Here's what you can do to jumpstart your marketing. Your content writing is basically fucking dead. dead, dead, dead. I mean, to be fair, I don't have a problem with the idea of AI in general. I don't like how it's being implemented. It's like any tool. Yes. If you are taking all of your own owned works, everything you own, and you are training your AI bot with everything that you own, I accept that 100%. But when you're scraping, as they call it, the internet, and you're taking little bits of images it's, from Google search. And- aside from aside from images, a lot of the marketers are using AI like this. They're saying, okay, pretend you are a journalist for a sports magazine yes. and write an article about sports figure and do this da, 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 da. and it'll give you like an outline it'll give you the article and you gotta still gotta tweak it to make it yes, humanoid absolutely human, humanized otherwise Google will penalize you for that because it's getting smarter too keep in mind <laughs> it is also an AI so we have AIs judging other AIs yeah. super right. fun um, <laughs> well, well, I but just... that's the that's kind of the right way to do it the wrong the, the way that sucks is there are, of course there's always gonna be bad actors there are always gonna be the people who say alright well Jeff's a great artist uh, I want to I want to draw this picture of my cat in a Jeff style and then sell it and pass it off like you wrote like you did it right well yeah that's gonna happen you know but I'm not willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater right right I mean I remember um, the first time I and this goes back literally decades. Um, uh, when my friend uh, like many oh, of your stories they go back a little yes. many, well I I go back many decades <laughs> when my when my friend award winning children's book illustrator Lane Smith uh. um, he when once he decided on a style he actually he actually on his you know graphics computer basically just um, uh, he painted a bunch of textures and a bunch of different colors and scanned those into his computer and then when he when he does the illustrations for his book he'll just go i want that that texture in this color blah 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 and he'll he'll do his illustrations like that yeah and at first i thought i was it was cheating i said isn't that just cheating he goes he goes no he he said i still have to go in and make the creative decision about this and this and if it's not exactly right i gotta tweak it 
And I was like, hey, make a good point. Yeah, prompt it's- engineering is a whole thing, and we should all be learning it because that's the new thing. Yeah. Uh, and I have to learn it very much for marketing because it's not just, hey, crack out 100 articles about X. <laughs> it's first, you got to do the research about, let's say I'm selling, let's say my business is I'm selling mobile phones. Uh, I got to re- do that, have the AI go and do the research about popular sites and popular articles, do the analysis of it, and I got to eyeball it and say, all right, to, based on these 10 things, write an article that's relevant today that also pushes phone X, whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know, and break it down little by little. Then when I like the article, you say, okay, summarize it, write the description, write the, write the title, write the this, put, insert certain headlines, and then create the images based on that. Create the images using like Dolly or whatever the hell. And it's a whole process, mm-hmm. but you can crack out stuff super fast. And there's nothing wrong with that, especially for smaller businesses who do not have the money to create the content that they need to stay in business facing annihilation by big companies like Amazon. Right. Right. It will, and it's also, it's also, you know, just even on a creative level, I, I had to laugh because one time when I just got, you know, I just got, went to have fun with the chat GPT thing and started asking it about, you know, basically the gist of the, of the series of questions and answers was about, is it possible that uh, AI would ever evolve into Terminators. And and it, it, what was funny was you know, I got all these answers, and of course it's ChatGPT, so a lot of the answers were repetitive. But even in those repetitive ones, there was still like like a furthering of the conversation. And I printed it all out at one point and went, this this actually, you know, with a little tweaking, could be a short story. <laughs> Dude, yeah. And you're using you're probably using the free chat GPT. Yeah. That's like the T eight hundred. The chat GPT four, that's the T one thousand, baby. Yeah. That shit is sick. What about and- the Whopper? <laughs> well, now I'm hungry. Um, no. no, no, Joshua. No, I, I know, dude. <laughs> um, the scary thing I saw was uh, a guy at this convention uh, said, all right, well, we trained this AI with my voice, and it, it sounded exactly like him. With a, he, he read a lot into it because it was his, he wanted to operate as his voice, like deep fake. And he had to record a bunch of video as himself as well to train the AI how to how to manipulate that and, and make a video of him talking and doing his hand movements and everything and then say all right uh, translate that to Chinese and Spanish and French and it was him talking in his voice in Chinese and Spanish and French and it was also a video chatbot chatbot where you could ask it questions and he would respond scary fucking shit really. oh yeah so get on board. Do you want you're... Skynet? Because that's how you get Skynet. Yeah, get on board with this because it, it's not going back in the bottle. I just want my Scarlett Johansson version of that. And that I... you can build what? into a pillow? That I can <laughs> watch, watch her. Chat a body her. pillow for Body Kirsten. pillow for Kirsten with the Scarlett Johansson face. I'm just going to chat with her. It's all about her mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Speak about all about his mind. Let's do a Barry Steamer. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. It's that time again. You got to make this play, guy play a game. Uh, I've right. enough games. Now you got to make me play a bad one. Oh. All right. So I the, thought they're all bad. The basic rules, I'm going to give uh, three basic readings on a 
I'm not saying what the games are, just a basic description. From those three descriptions, Barry is going to eliminate one, one that he does not want to play. A basic reading for a basic bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And then from there, the rest of you will vote on which game he's going to play. So here are your descriptions, Barry. Okay. Escaped from hell, now revenge. Brain-twisting puzzles and bizarre mutations. And survive in a besieged city. Escaped from hell, now revenge. Brain-twisting puzzles and bizarre mutations. Survive in a besieged city. I think the one that appeals the least is the brain-twisting puzzles. Okay. Damn it. So that's the one you're eliminating. Yes. All right. So I turn it to the rest of the gentlemen. Will it be playing Escape from Hell, Now Revenge, or Survive in a Besieged City? What do you like? Oh, you're not giving them any more? Okay. Any more description? No. No, No, they get the same description you get. Okay. Oh, that'd be funny if you did that, though. (laughs) (laughs) Survive in a Besieged City. That's Jeff's Jeff's thing, huh? That's kind of where I was leaning... Only because I think Barry would have too much fun escaping from hell and then revenge. Uh, I'm yeah. doing that. I'm playing Hades. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He would. Uh, he never escaped, though. And he goes goes on revenge things. I, I want to deny him that. Yep. So your choice yeah. is? Besiege City. Besiege City. Barry. Yes. This is not one that I picked for you. Oh, good. The one I picked for you, and I'm going to do this every time because it'll be a new one for that, is I did Escape from Hell, Now Revenge. <laughs> That's the one I picked. That game would have been Grass Simulator. <laughs> what the? How do you get Shit. Escape from Hell from that? Oh, do you have no. the description on that? Grass Simulator will revolutionize the way you look at grass. Instead of it being that green stuff you occasionally see Damn. in your garden that you never mow, you play as Gary Rambler, a rogue mercenary that escaped from hell who has sworn to take revenge on the elusive cows that lurk among the shadows when who murdered his family, stuck in a purgatory filled with nothing but cows, grass, and more cows. <laughs> Equipped only with his mustache, cliche 80s mullet, and magnum revolver, the exact revolver he used to kill the legendary cow god that ordered his family to be executed, he must fend for himself in a cruel, unforgiving dimension of grass. Do you just search for shitty games? Is yes! It? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> that sounds like it was written by an AI. <laughs> it probably fucking was. But no. Instead, Barry, you get to play a fun game. Okay. Time. You will be playing This War of Mine. This War of Mine. This it, little war of mine. I've played this game. This game is an excellent game. It is an unforgiving game. I look forward to your review. Oh. In this war of mine, you do not play as an elite soldier, rather a group of civilians trying to survive in a besieged city, struggling with lack of food, medicine, and the constant danger from snipers and hostile scavengers. The game provides an experience of war rarely seen in an entirely new angle. That cool. actually sounds kind of interesting. I've played it. It's yeah. excellent. It's a fantastic right. game. We really fucked up on this yeah. one. No, yeah. no, I think you did good. <laughs> so this war of mine, I will be sending it your way, Barry, for you to try out. Well, well the that other, is awesome. The other game before we knew what it was sounded a little too Nick Cage, Amber Heard, 3D movie-ish. Mm. You see, this is where, where I have to take those words. I have to... It's, it's a, a fine line I have to balance, right? Because I have to make it as unappealing to him as possible, <laughs> but not too unappealing that he takes it out at first. Right. But then I have to make it unappealing enough that you guys will pick it for him. 
Mm-hmm. So, so many layers. Yeah, are you, are you it's going, a rough gamble. Are you going to recycle what he didn't choose? Correct. Okay. So the other one. So no asking for explanation. Oh, indeed. That. Yeah, because that one uh, is a potential for later on <laughs> as well. <laughs> right. So a steam so, game, not so much a steamer, though. Okay. Indeed, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, Ooh, <laughs> very fixed. steamer. It's fixed like the NFL. What? <laughs> Whatever. Hey, don't send you, me that as soon you know? as you can because Steph's out of town for a few days. I got oh, yeah, you have to, to... got the time to do it. Yeah. Okay, hang on, hold on. Hang, hold wait, on. Wait, wow, hang on. Todd's wait, doing a hang on, hold on. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm expecting you guys to do some talking. <laughs> I have nothing to latch on to. What well, do you have nothing to latch on to? Write to us, comments at geekshockpodcast.com. Wow. And I want to thank our tier three members, Dan Skitzelasa, Daniel Loser, Adrian Nkirsch, Major Meh, Michael Hoffman, Azrael175, Mohan Nair, The Microscope, Steve Biggs, you, Elena Nup, Ken Miller, Asia Shakai, Asia Shaki, Shia Shaki, uh, uh, Alexander West, Gobert Geek, Leon Cox, and of course our tier four members, Deb T, J.R. Conkle, and our tier five members, Jeff Harris, Mad Martron, Glumley, Atomic Gumby. And of course, you, dear listener, thank you so much for joining us this time. And a special thank you to our theme song creator, Sam Afternoon. The song's The Burning Light. Find it at SWH Music on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitch. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Larg. With yeah. Professor Big. We'll talk to you next week in Geek. Oh, this war of mine. You know, they even turned that into a board game. Really? It started as a video game, and they created a successful board game that I've actually had on my board game list for a while. I've been wanting that for a minute. Oh, is it a complicated one? It's one of those games that you can play with multiple players or one player, but yes, it's hard to play. One, one really cool thing about this war of mine is that it's a very emotionally affecting game. Hmm. Yeah. You will lose people, and you will come into situations. We're talking about, like, Darkest Dungeon? We are talking just what you would expect in the morality choices in a bombed out city in Eastern Europe in the Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Well, except Barry has no emotions, so it probably won't bother him, right? Oh, yeah. He'll still <laughs> take the candy right out of the children's mouths. He'll be like, oh, I and lost beats, another one. And the bandages. I'll do the most logical choice to keep everyone alive. Yes. And sometimes that means feeding children to the monsters, fine. Yeah. And then you'll have to pick which one of your useful uh, friends... Uh, are going to live from a sickness. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, Steve's got his, his hand up. Yes, Mr. Would Mr. Biggs? I, I, I forgot to uh, pimp uh, my other podcast, <laughs> my once a month podcast. Oh, yeah. Star, I haven't even heard this yet. Star Trek in Vegas with Goldie and Biggs, which will be uh, this two days from when this episode probably drops, Sunday the January 28th at 4 p.m. Pacific time, which will be on the Star Trek and in Vegas Facebook page, Goldie Vegas's YouTube page, and TikTok, and I'm not sure how that works on TikTok. Is it, is it video or video? Audio? It's yeah. video. Hour and a half. Oh, we get to look at you. Yeah, so that's, I will actually get to ask, which camera am I on, and mean it. <laughs> be okay, there. I was about to ask if you were like on Spotify or something, but no, it's video. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 And her band is, is uh, I just saw her band's at the Fat Cat. Yeah, and they have been playing the Double Down, too. I gotta get to the Fat Cat. I haven't been there yet. They also played at uh, Tiki Di Amore a couple of times. Mm-hmm. The, Red, the Red Dwarf. You've never been to the Red Dwarf? I've never been to Red Dwarf. Dude, You need to go to, Red, to the Red Dwarf. Red, Red, okay. The Red Dwarf. Too busy going to Tiki Di Amore. Yeah. When's the last time you went there? A while ago. Well, it's closed now. I gotta wait till it opens again. Spring's coming. It is. But Red Dwarf is open now. Springs are coming. Springs coming.
<laughs> now I don't want it. I don't want spring. Spring fine. sounds terrible for him. Fine. What was the name of that show? Star Trekking in Vegas with Goldie and Biggs. Okay. Yep. I'll give it a listen. 4 p.m. Pacific time. Well, I'm uh, not going to watch it then. I'm going to watch it when I watch it. Oh, well, all right then. <laughs> But I'll watch it ep- whenever I want. First episode is going to, we're going to be talk- talking with John Paladin, who's done makeup for a lot of Star Trek uh, fan films about Klingon evolution. Oh, okay. Yep. Because, you know, I don't know if we mentioned on, I, I used to be a Klingon back in the day. Have a drink. Have what? A drink. <laughs> no. Hey, speaking of drinks, what's going on here? What? You need more? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. good. I, I, I stopped when Steve, of all people, waved me off. Yeah. So who are you? I know. I'm somebody who got a final warning and and now have to poop out of two holes. And now you're blaming other people for your own failings. I see how it is. Yeah, however, there are no such rules for aftershock, so have at it, gentlemen. Oh, okay. In that case, <laughs> I just didn't take much arm much arm twisting, did it? No. I'm told I get more tolerable when I'm on the sauce. So, so should we have? Wow. Uh, <laughs> <should> we, <laughs> well, it's like, well, you, it's because you're about to fall asleep half the time. Yeah, <laughs> I do get a little sleepy. It's, it's it's the difference between dark gray and really dark gray. That's. <laughs>